Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week from 2022, Deadstream, directed by Joseph and Vanessa Winter. So we have a directing duo tonight. Uh, also, we are officially back after having a week off due to complications of me being in a place called the hospital. But we'll get on to all that a little later on in the show, of course. We're not joined by the dean, by the way, because he's tired. Um, you know, little guy has to get some sleep. But we are joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Gate Keith. Hello, everybody. What is going on tonight? And I am so fucking happy to be back with everybody here on Talking Terror. Now, I hope everybody's ready, because you know what? Tonight, tonight we want more views than we've ever, ever gotten before. Because if you click the link right here, we're going to get all kinds of stuff, man, okay? So if you want to get us free stuff, do you like us? I like us. I think I like you. You might like me, but I'm really not all that sure. But if you totally do this right now, okay, just watch, 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 watch. Well, you can't watch. you got to listen. See, and that's the thing. i got to sit there and stop talking now. So, anyway, though, hello, everybody. And as I said earlier, welcome to Talking Terror. It's the Wrath of Ghoul tonight. And we watch this stream. Smash that like button. Subscribe. Give us some comments. <laughs> we have a lot more to talk about later on with that stream. But, of course, we're joined by the psychotic Simeon himself, the Prince of Amor's Day. Yes, get fucking with him, monkey. Oh, you got it, King. Hey there, Fight Fans and Monster Maniacs. It is Talking Terror Time, baby. Your favorite radio broadcast for whole movie reviews. Every Wednesday night, we are coming in your ears live from 9 to 11 p.m. with the latest news updates on all of the creepy projects that are out there in Hollywood. Then for, for more listening and enjoyment, you can always listen to any of our hundreds. You heard that right, Screamings. Hundreds of episodes on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes. You just remember to share the love of your favorite horror broadcast by liking and subscribing to Talking Terror on both Spotify. Hey. Oh, fuck. Facebook and Instagram. Fuck it. <laughs> what is up, my friend family? Damn. <laughs> One week off and you crash and burn, man. You have a week off and that's what you get us. Laughing and stumbling oh. through it. Jeez. I had a week, oh, I had a week of being clean on cocaine. I didn't know what to do, baby. <laughs> Yeah, one week off of the fucking coke, and he's just slipping all over himself. He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm laughing. I'm just having a good time. Just happy to be here. Don't know how to do my intro anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. That's okay. Hey, a little rusty. A little rusty. You know, after having a week off, but we're back. We're doing the thing that we do. Um, so, of course, like I said, the Dean's not here, but I do have a lot of fun horror news to talk about. But, of course, when we kick off the show, 
Uh, the ghoul went to a little thing called TerrorCon over this past weekend. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that adventure you took in Boston? Boston. Uh, Boston. Boston. Uh, yeah, we, we took, took a ride up fucking to Old New England. Right? You know, that's, just, that's how fucking thing is. We got in the car and we went. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? For like, so so, so uh, as I've said, you know, plenty of times, the uh, the, 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 the little monster – got herself into The Walking Dead. Um, and, like, you know, like she had a, it was, it's just one of those classic cases where she, she has a friend. The friend is a huge Walking Dead fan. So, so, so the little monster's like, you know what? I'm going to check this show out. And she totally, like, fell, like, headlong right on into it, you know, plowing through season after season after season. And, well, you know, as, as I guess the show intended, you know, of course, her being of the younger persuasion of, uh, you know, the, the ripe old age of 13, you know, ah, 13. Imagine being 13 again. Just think about that. Just think about <laughs> what you were doing when you were 13, okay? Like, oh, God, a lot no. of <laughs> A lot of jerking off. <laughs> that's, not, that's no different than now, you know what I mean? Like, I think I do it that's more true. now than I did then. Um I think I do too. I mean, especially with right. especially with the amount of porn that's available these days. I mean, so, oh, so let's really be like, it's oh my god, I probably I would never leave the fucking house if I was thirteen. Now, be ridiculous. <laughs> but that's not true either. Cause oh, I would the be able upper to body strength that would have. <laughs> I'm beefy like big man. Um, any anyhow, <laughs> so as as intended, you know, of course, the little monster fell in love with a little character named. Carl, you know, you know, Carl, Carl. Okay, who would happen to be Coral, who's Rick Grimes, you know, Rick Grimes, bitch, uh, his son, um, <laughs> who, when the show starts, is a little kid by the time, you know, the character, you know, meets his fate, whatever that may be, was, was an older individual. Um, mm-hmm. Fate very different from that of the comic book, by the way. Uh, so, yes. so, anywho, though, you know, so the, the little monster is like, wants to meet Chandler Riggs, you know, the, the actor who portrays this, this character. Just so happened to find a con that, that he was actually at, you know, which was this one up in Marlboro, Massachusetts, you know, just outside the Boston area. And uh, we said, hey, listen, you know what? If you save up the money so that you can, you know, pay for whatever portion of this that you want, you want an autograph, you want a photo op, whatever it is that you're going to go do, you know, we, uh, we'll, we'll take you. You know, and lo and behold, you know, the kid, the kid did what kids do in these cases sometimes, surprised the fucking shit out of the adult and saved up Damn. every little bit of money to like, to the tune of like a hundred and something dollars, like 160 bucks or some shit. She would have done the photo op if it wasn't for the fact that the photo op for him was at like 3.30 in the afternoon and we didn't have a room for Saturday night and we were only going to the show Saturday. So we weren't going to wait till three 30 and have to wait on the line and then finally get out of there and all that. And just we were like, this is oh, not yeah. doing the photo op. Um, which she was <laughs> fine with, but, you know, she was like, fuck that. I'll just get his autograph. And then there's so much, you know, you know how it is at these cons. There's so much to buy. Oh yeah. You know, your fucking head, mm-hmm. the head gets on a, on a swivel. You know, you feel like a, an old action figure so in which you can turn your shit around and around and around and around. It looks like, no, I'm like the exorcist right now. So, so as far as cons go, you know, this is my first time being at an event hosted by, by this group. I forget the name of the group. But uh, I have to say, I like the layout of the place. I liked how they had the vendors spread out. They had all of the celebrity guests kind of in, like, one area 
where, like, everybody was kind of out and visible, you know? So it wasn't like they took, you know, they didn't take Robert England, who I would say was probably the biggest, you know, guest that's there. They didn't put him in a room away to where you could only see Robert England if you were paying to see Robert England. Like, he was just sitting there Very like cool. every other guest at a table, you know? And, you know, right next to him is, like, Heather Langenkamp, and, you know, right to, to, right to the side of her is, you know, again, I, I'm fast-forwarding to, to little bits because, you know, me, I tell bad stories, especially when I just had a cup of coffee. So <laughs> I first get there, and as we're roaming into the building, like I have, like as we're roaming towards the building to the line and everything to figure out if, like, that's the line we have to stand on or if there's another place or whatever, like I look right in front of me, and, like, they're just choking back a cigarette, you know, like having a conversation with some, some other, like, younger, youngish-looking guy. You know, I don't, I don't know if it's his handler or whoever, but it's Lance fucking Hendrickson. Lance Damn. fucking Hendrickson, man. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> and, and nobody, I don't know if they just didn't realize it was him or what, but, like, nobody's paying this any mind, like, whatsoever. And I'm like, it's Lance fucking Henriksen. Like, like, did they not recognize him because he's older and he doesn't yeah. look like he did in those movies back in the day? I have no fucking idea. All I know is I'm like, there's no way that at the very least I am not stopping and talking to this man at this point, you know? So I'm just like, bro. <laughs> like, I just, I'm like, listen, man, sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you talking to the other kid. And I'm just like... Bro, I go, you're a fucking legend. I go, Mr. Hendrickson, I fucking can't believe I'm meeting you right now, you know? And he's just like, he's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you, man. That's like, that's really cool of you, you know? So, like, we shook hands. And, again, if it wasn't for this big line of people who, yeah, I guess, like I said, I don't know if they didn't recognize him or what, I would have, like, tried to catch the selfie with him. But, like, I didn't want the idea because, like, you know, they take, he takes that with me. Well, then why won't he do a free one with everybody else? Like, I don't, want, I don't like to be that guy when there's, like, other people around. I meet you at a hotel somewhere. I meet you, like, in a, a random location or something. Fine, I'll, I'll go for it. But this, with the, the line right there, I just didn't want to put him on a spot. So, so, so we wait on the line. We oh, get on yeah. in and, and again. So, so, so we get on in. And like I said, the place is spread nice. You got all the vendors wide wide areas to walk through which is great you didn't feel trapped or tight or like you're walking mm-hmm. through like a maze everything was very well laid out you know and uh and yes yeah, spirits were high and everybody was good and you know, we got there because we got there early you know the the most of the other guests like really weren't set up yet or anything like that and chandler wasn't out yet uh so so we were standing by like his area and right to our right was uh seth gilliam who plays Father Gabriel, oh. like, on the show. You know, so, like, he's standing there, whatever, mm-hmm. and Sam's like, hmm, should I go say, like, hi to him or whatever? And we're like, sure, why not, you know? So, like, she ran over to go, like, say hi to him, and he was very, very cordial to her. And uh, and he even took a selfie with her, like, for no charge or anything like that. Like, he was just like, hey, do you, do you want to take a picture? Very like, cool. Sure. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's <laughs> so, so nice of him, you know? So, like, Bonnie afterwards, like, ran over just to say thank you because, like, you know, she knew she he made Sam's day. And again, he was very nice. And he, at a later point, she even, like, went to, like, throw him, like, you know, like, hey, here's, like, 20 bucks or whatever. And he's like, no, nah, I don't want it. You know, like, it's fine. You know, me, of course, you know, being the fucking Uber nerd, like, I walk up to him and I'm like, 
you kill bugs good, you know, and gave him like a big old like manly <laughs> handshake. <laughs> and like like it was great because I saw the light come on in his head as he realized somebody recognized him for something other than the walking dead. And he was just so <laughs> fucking thrilled at that point. Like he's like, Oh yeah. You know? And I was just like, fuck yeah. Bro. <laughs> so, and, uh, but yeah, he was on, I would, you know, I was going to actually end up doing like the picture with him and everything, but then I, he ended up on lunch break at that point. So I was going to wait. So, so there we are, we're standing, we're waiting for Chandler to come, and, uh, you know, some, some girls, they're a little bit older than, uh, not older than me, but, you know, maybe in, like, their, their late teens, early 20s or whatever, very, like, snippy, chattery, like, attitude weird, you know, like, Show snobs. I'm sure. I'm sure, King. You know plenty of them that are like that. You know, <laughs> these girls must do. They must do a ton of shows all the time. They know all the ins. They know all the outs. They know all the fucking people. They know who to talk to. So like this, sitting there, like you know, bibble babbling and fucking all these things that these kind of chicks do. And uh, you know, I'm just keeping my ears open. And uh, it's funny, but like you know, as they're waiting and they notice that there's like a couple of people like ahead waiting for Chandler. The ones like, oh. You know, he's got an event at 11 o'clock over at the hotel. So, you know what? I bet you he's not going to come out until after that. To which point, you know, like one or two of the people in front of us who heard them are like, oh, okay. So he's probably, it was like, I don't know, like 1040 at this point, maybe like 1030, 1040. So like one or two of the people in front of us are like, oh, okay, well, he's not coming. So they like went and walked away. And I'm like, fucking schnooks. Yeah, you don't ever listen to fucking bitches like this. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, they don't know what they're fucking doing. You roly-poly little shorties. You, I know you, you dirty dogs. So, of course, like... You you little fucking brat... Horror-com brat dolls. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, basically the equivalent of that. You know, more like the fucking... uh, What are they? uh, Not the brats. The uh, Monster High. Um... Oh, uh, okay. bunch of <laughs> bunch of fucking con heathers. <laughs> there, there you go. Don't say things like that out loud. You got to say that in the group chat so that we can try to like monetize that. Oh, um, anyway. <laughs> so, so like you know, we look over like five minutes later, and lo and behold, you know, looking like a young adult male now, as opposed to the young adult female that when me and the king saw him back years ago at Montania, yeah. <laughs> here comes walking, you know, Chandler Riggs. And, uh, and yeah, so, like, he came, and, you know, of course, you know, whatever, like, girls or whatever that are there are all like, <laughs> like, if you've ever seen Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, you know, when, like, the, uh, the fucking Madden, <laughs> Gustav's fucking Lulu girls come, like, running in, and they're like, like, this is, like, the sound that you can just hear, like, collectively, like, in the area around Chandler <laughs> Okay, he's got, like, the lightest little bit of, like, peach fuzz on his face, and, like, his hair is, like, nice and short, so at least, again, like I said, he doesn't look like a woman anymore, which was, which is a good good thing for him. So, so a couple people in front of us, they get to meet him and everything, and, like, it's time. You know, Sam's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, what is this and that? And, you know, like, she collected <laughs> herself just before it happens and, like, just, like, goes nice. right on up, and, like, talks with them a little bit. They they take a real cute selfie together, and then the uh, 
that his handler like takes the phone or Bonnie took the phone. I forget who, but they took a picture of the two of them together, and you know, like that. That was that was it. All this build up, and that was it. And I don't know. We got maybe like. 10, 15 feet away, finally, and, like, around a corner, and that was it. Like, all that emotion and everything just came pouring out. Oh. Of course, like, turned into a gigantic weeping, tearing, crying fucking, like, yeah, it just was all there. But, you know oh, what? Was that the, Again, oh, yeah. was that the picture you sent us? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 you know, and she posted it up herself, too. She was like, you know what, this is, this is the reality of it, you know? She was that excited. Um... So, so, you know, like after that, of course, we like, I ended up meeting some friends that I knew from the goose scene and everything. My buddies, uh, Amanda and Eric, and, and he had brought his kid with them. So, like, you know, and they're, like, they're all excited and, you know, I'm, I'm just me. So, of course, like I'm dropping all kinds of like inappropriate comments and things to say and how to like walk your way. Like I'm telling the kid, I'm like, hey, listen, man, you're like, I don't know, he might be like nine, ten, cute kid too, you know, I'm like, bro. You go up to these guys on your own, I bet you they'll take free pictures with you all fucking day. You just got to be like, oh, hey, mister, I really like you in this show. You know? You're not going to ask for any money, bro. You just got to fucking play it right, you know? It's uh, the angles, man. <laughs> this is not my dad's. This isn't. This, this isn't my dad's phone at all. This is. I totally love you. <laughs> you go up to every other celebrity there and be like, "Yeah, my parents fucking abandoned me to go re- meet Robert England, some Freddy Krueger guy. They left me all alone. You know, like that kind of stuff. You know, just, just play it <laughs> So of course, Robert has like the longest line, as expected. Um, we wandered around a little bit more. Uh, finally, like, we were, you know, uh, the, the ghoul girl was like, hey, Eddie Furlong's here. And she's like, should I go and, like, get a picture with him? And I'm like, listen, I go, it's your first crush. I go, why not? You know what? You should do it. And uh, so, so lo and behold, we did. We went over, met Eddie Furlong. Uh, he sounds exactly like he did in, like, his Terminator days. You know, like, no same like that. <laughs> Really? He's Dude, still got like the he, same voice. He, he, his, he, his bass never dropped. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it never did. You know what I mean? He was like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. I'm Eddie or Edward. And we're like, hi, Ed. How you doing, buddy? And I, so, uh, he came out like, you know, like all the girl was doing was getting a picture with him. So, like, he came out around the table. I'm like, you know. It's like one of those where, like, he puts his, like, arm around her. And, like, you know this kid has, like, gotten away with this shit for years, you know? And he, like, plants, like, a big wet kiss, like, right on the side of her face. And it was kind of like one of those, like, <laughs> wow, really, bro, huh? That, that's, that's how you play this shit. Like, in the, in, the, in the age of COVID, okay, this is what you're fucking doing. And then I think about God only knows what that kid's put in his body over the years anyway. So COVID ain't fun. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, the ghoul glass, the, man, being around you, the ghoul glass has built up a tolerance. He's got nothing that can penetrate her defenses, man. <laughs> oh. But, you know, so so whatever. It was funny, though. <laughs> you know, even like the ghoul girl afterwards, I was like, you know, you just got kissed by Eddie Furlong. And she's like, I did, didn't I? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously, so, he's not a fucking proponent of the Me Too movement. <laughs> but but what was her reaction like? You know, finally getting to meet her first crush and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, was she excited that she actually finally got to meet him? 
Absolutely. And again, you know, like I know this kid has got all kinds of like reputations of being hard to work with and shitty at cons. And like I know me and, and, the, and the king have had that experience with like Corey Feldman oh, yeah. and stuff like that. In, mm-hmm. in this particular moment, there was there was no kind of like crappiness. He wasn't like he didn't seem like he was bothered. He didn't seem like he was annoyed to be there. He seemed very gracious. He seemed very nice and very genuine. You know, I think... Uh, you know, whatever, whatever his issues have been, you know, I, I hope he's gotten over that stuff and then just chilling, you know, and he's still Eddie Furlong. He gives no fucks. Like, he's no, yeah. just sitting there at his table. <laughs> he's, like, vaping, like, right there in the fucking, in the room. Like, he don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm sure he'll hear it a thousand times, you know, please don't do that, Mr. Furlong, you know, and it's like, what a- whatever, you're not my mother, Todd. Well, that, that kind of shit, you know. <laughs> uh, King, our, our, our good friend John Kassir, the Crypt Keeper, says hello. I uh, saw him there, nice. of course. Very cool. Had to go in, give him a big old hug. You know, I, the last time I saw Johnny, we were over at the Monster Mania, but I didn't get to see him because he had this huge line, and I didn't want to cut everybody just to go say hello. But, you know, when I messaged him, he's like, don't fucking worry about that. Next time you just come say hi. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to do that this time. Oh, you're uh, on you that know, kind of level with them? Oh, me and yeah, I mean, me and King met John at Bizarre AC, I think two. Uh, it might have even been the original mm-hmm. one. Was it the first? It was one? the original one, yeah, first. Yep, it was okay, the first so, one. So it was the first one, and uh, yeah, yeah, we all bonded over over booze and being lost in the fucking casino, and finally getting John to his table so that, like, you know, his day could proceed. <laughs> yeah. um, and, I, and I think we've all like known each other and have been close ever since. It's fucking John Casino, bro. He's fucking amazing. He's such a good guy too. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he was surprised at how big Sam got because the last time he saw her, she was still watching Ninja Turtles, and he had actually done some voices during that run of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was like yeah. that 2012 to 2015. He did like the three, the Dream Beavers, uh, which was like a mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger type of knockoff that they had done during a, a portion of that one season where it was like horror movie stuff. Um, yep. So, so, yeah, I mean, as we were winding, you know, there were plenty of stuff to, to buy. Like, I got a killer uh, button-down shirt. Um, I got the, the king, nice. you know, the gifts that he is now displaying, you know, or hopefully displaying soon in the Winchester. Um, oh, yes, I already know. Uh, and, yeah. And then last but not least, you know, like before we left, like me and Sam were talking, and she was like, you know, I really want to, like, you know, I have a couple of dollars left or whatever. Should I go and get a... Uh, uh, God, of course, I'm totally, like, drawing a blank on his name. Ross Marquand, uh, the guy that plays Aaron mm. in The Walking Dead. Because, like, you know, he passed us at one point while we were all standing there. And he was, like, like he was very, like, just he's very outgoing. And, uh, right. you know, like, right off the rip, it was, like, you know, as he, like, walked past me, I was like, oh, you know, hey, Mr. Marquand, you know, like, because he literally is, like, <laughs> like, crossing, like, right in front of my path. And he's like, oh, hey, man, you know, like, how you doing? All this and that. It was just like... It was like, you know, just random fucking guy, not some guy that's like a major actor in like, you know, multiple movies and like TV shows that I like. So uh, I was like, yeah, you know what, why not? Why don't we go do that? I was going to go get Lance Henriksen's autograph, but of course what ended up happening at that point is, is Robert England moved from his table to doing his photo ops. So the majority of people that were waiting online for Robert England had gravitated, the ones that went for the photo op now made this gigantic line, and everybody else that was not doing the photo op 
all of a sudden discovered that Lance Henriksen was there and decided to make the gigantic slide to Lance fucking Henriksen. So I'm like, motherfucker, see, I should have gotten that picture when I was fucking in the fucking street with the guy. Uh, so I was like, all right, you know what, let's, let's go. We're going to go over there. We're going to get this uh, this guy's autograph. So we get over there, and, you know, Ross is on lunch break. So I was like, oh, what a bummer, you know. Talk to the guy. He's like, oh, no, he might not be back for like a half hour or so. So Sam's a little dismayed or whatever it is. So she's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, so instead she goes and she gets Emily Kinney's. You know, she does a picture with Emily Kinney, who plays Beth, uh, mm-hmm. Maggie's younger sister, who, who meets her demise uh, at an earlier point. And uh, just as we start walking away from there, who comes walking by in the other direction but Ross Marquand. Now, of course, at this point, <laughs> Sam is exhausted all of her funds, so she's got no money left to do this. So I was like, all right, if we're going to send it, we're going to send it. So I macked out the money, and I was like, let's do this, kid. You know, So we go over there, but I told her, I was like, I'm getting in on the picture too, man. This ain't going to be no fucking <laughs> But it worked out. We go over there, and like I said, this guy, so personable. And now I see why he works as much as he does. If you look at his credits, like, do I am? This guy works, like, a lot. And I can see why. Mm-hmm. He is so fucking friendly. So, like I said, so personable. Like, we walk over there. He's engaging with Sam. Sam was wearing a, uh, I found a shirt, which was a, a Negan Sluggers shirt. You know, so it kind of looks oh. like a baseball shirt. <laughs> but it's Negan's fucking bat and everything, you know? So it's like, it's really cool. <laughs> And uh, we found a, a fucking estate sale that we had, uh, like, randomly went to. So, like, we start walking up. Ross sees that shirt, and he looks at, and he looks at Sam, and he's like, wait, you're going to come here and meet me wearing that shirt? And, like, <laughs> like, it's like, this, like, embarrassed smile. And he just looks at her, and he's like, leave now. Get out of here. Get away from me. <laughs> you know, like, totally playing. And, like, she knows that he's playing. And, like, you can see there's no, like, real meanness going on. Like, he's having this banter back and forth with, like, a 13-year-old. And it's fucking awesome because he's really enjoying himself. So, like, he's finally like, yeah, get over here. He's like, you know, like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. He sees me. I'm wearing my Magneto shirt. And he's like, you excited about X-Men 97? And I was like, fuck, yeah, I am. And he's like, yeah. He goes, I'm 42. He goes, like, that X, he's like, that X-Men cartoon, he goes, that was like the shit back in the day. That's like what got me, like, into all this stuff. Because this is the same guy that plays Red Skull in X-Men, uh, in uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. You know, so, like, he's in the MCU. He does multiple voices for multiple characters. You know, he's the immortal and invincible. Uh so, so we're talking about now, you know, X-Men cartoons. And then, you know, he's like, yeah, he's like, in a lot of ways. He's like, I think that's like the catalyst that got things started for like the MCU. And I was like, yeah, Fox's deal that they had at that time definitely started shedding more light on a rising comic industry at that point. And he's talking back and forth. This guy's just a nerd like we are, man. And like, we're going back and forth with this. And I was like, but, but I'm like, but realistically, man, I go, you know, the one that everybody forgets about is Blade. I go, Blade was like that first movie that like was done in a serious way and broke through with a Marvel character because nobody knew it, but it was done in such a cool way that it was fucking ultra popular, you know? And then he's like, because holy shit, he goes, I always forget that fucking Blade came out. He goes, he goes, that, and he goes, yeah, Blade 2, he goes, that was like Guillermo del Toro, he goes, that was fantastic. I'm like, yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. 
So, like, we're bantering back and forth, and then finally he's like, you guys, like, what, you want to do, like, the picture? Like, what do you want to do? So, like, yeah, we're going to do the fucking picture. He's like, here, give me your phone. So he's snapping away the selfies. He's directing us at this point. He's like, yeah, make funny faces, <laughs> make angry faces. Do this. He's like picture after picture after picture. But, like, we had to, like, we had to, like, disengage the conversation because we started feeling bad for the people that were waiting because he would have just continued going <laughs> with us, you know. And, and like, I, love when cele- I love when these people are like that because it just it feels so real at that point. Like, he's having fun. We're having fun, and there's like an actual, like an actual level of like just communication that is just more realistic going on at that point. You know, it's not just the typical like, oh, right. find this, oh, bye, see you later, here's a picture. Um, and yeah, I mean that. that you was created a moment at that point. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I'll never fucking forget it. That's for sure. Uh, and we've got the pictures to prove it. So. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so after that, it was like, all right, let's wrap this all up. We'll get moving. Oh. So then as we're, as we're exiting, you know, the ghoul girl was outside already at this point, so she wasn't even there for any of that. So me and Sam are, like, wander, are, are, are making our way towards the front door, and I, like, look forward a little to my left, and I see what looks like, like a handler. Like, you can always see, like, he's, like, real close to the person that he's near, and, like, you know, they're, like, walking at a specific speed. You can see the guy's, like, attention. He's, like, focusing to see who's in front of him. You just you get to know like what these types of people look at. So like I'm trying to see like who's he who's he got with them, you know? And I look over and there's Monica Kina, you know, who played Abby in in Dawson's Creek. You know, she's the uh I forget what the character's name was in Freddy vs. Jason, but she's like the lead chick in that. Um mm-hmm. looking rough, man. And like, you know Oh. Like I and I know she had some 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 adventurous times, but it's like, <laughs> but you know whatever. She's like wandering her way towards like her area. Like I hadn't seen her at all. Like we walked past her table a couple of times and she was never there. So, but like as she's like walking by, like I just look over and I'm just like, stay out of trouble, Abby. <laughs> and she kind of like looks up <laughs> and like again similar like to, to earlier. Like, she just, like, gets this big smile and, like, this flirty giggle, like, came out of her. Like, oh, shit. Like, look at that. Somebody, like, recognized me and was, like, happy to see me. And, you know, so it was just like, all right, cool, man. My face fucking made, man, you know. And, uh, and yeah, so, so then it was just a long ride home and, and collapsing, collapsing into the, to the calmness and warmness that was our beds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very cool, man. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You had a good time. Yeah, the cons are always great, man. Always good times. Yeah. Got to make sure you get the memories in. But yeah, then, no, my, my yeah. weekend was phenomenal, man, because you know what? Besides the con, you know, and I'll make this part shorter, because somehow, you know, see, Monkey, damn you. You were like, yeah, Keith, you can talk about the con, and you'll see. It'll take time. Fucking, I, I had no intention of speaking for 30 fucking minutes. I can barely breathe now. <laughs> You motherfuckers, you know, who needs fucking horror news, you know? We'll just make the ghoul ghoul fucking talk about random fucking events. But, you know, the the following news, man. The following day, I I, I woke up early. I woke up early and got my ass on the road to go visit the one and only king in the Winchester, finally. You know, I, I forget how long you've lived there, but, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I just. 
2016. You know, it's like week after it's, it's 2015. So you've been there for fucking eight years. So so the same amount of time mm-hmm. that I've been in, in where I've been in. So you know now, and right. all this time, as close as we all are, like you know, you are my brother, man. You know, fucking, we have lived fucking yeah, shit together, it? man. We, I've yes, seen we you in your underpants. You know, <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I did. Um, yeah, you got the whole view. Well, you know, like, like you know, like it sucks that in all these eight years, you know, the only time that I've seen you was at that one horror convention at Chiller Theater when we all met up, you know, that, that, that one time. And that was, 17. what, like four or five years ago now? So 2017. I was like, you know, like, it's not like you live far away. You're literally, you're two fucking hours away. <laughs> so there's zero reason why I could not hop in a vehicle at any point and fucking go see you, you know? So with you being sick last week, it was like, fuck this, man. I got to see the fucking king, man. You know, because like I said, God forbid your ass dropped dead last week. I would have been real fucking mad sitting over your casket and saying, man, <laughs> I didn't go see this fucking bastard all these fucking years. Finally, fucking I did see the Winchester. I came bearing gifts. You know, we had a fucking hot little Bray Wyatt picture that I found with Leatherface. I figured you'd love that shit. Love it. And then, uh, and yes. Love the so shit out of it. We went up to Camp Nobi with Bosco or whatever the fuck that was. You know, they, uh, yeah. they, they give you empty, you can buy empty jars and then take bottles of water from the actual lake. So I made sure to get you some water, got you some of the sand from there. I checked. I Love think it. Yeah, a little bit so of, awesome. uh, A little bit of Betsy Palmer's pubic hair is in there, if you look carefully. I found it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I found it. Yeah, there it is. It's, it's like sea monkeys. It's like sea monkeys, okay? You just got to <laughs> look real carefully. But, uh, I can bring that, her back to life. Bottled it. You can. You can. You yeah. can. Raise her fucking necromancer style. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so my mine is in a in, in a Poland spring bottle that I just used some magic marker and rub Crystal Lake water on, you know. So it's fucking I mean, yeah, man. If I was buying, I wasn't buying two bottles to bottle that shit up, man. But fucking hey, <laughs> so so again, it was great to finally see the place, man. It lives up to fucking every fucking expectation that I had, man. Your fucking place is just. It's like a treasure trove, bro. You got so much cool shit all over the place, and it's fucking awesome. I <laughs> loved your apartment, man. And obviously, no, I'm glad that you did. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, glad that you liked it, you know, because the, the monkey can attest. You know, it's it's like a horror museum. There's shit everywhere. It is. There's books everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's just a, yeah. a, a museum. Books. And shit. no bookshelf. No bookshelf. Hey, <laughs> no. no. I know well, Monkey, so you, me, and the team have to have some discussions as far as, you know, something about that. I have tried to work with him on it. He's kicking and screaming because he's like, no, I don't want anything from Ikea. I don't want anything that looks modern. I want my shit to look white trash in 70s. You'll get white trash in 70s. Don't you worry. I just want books. So you can see the piles that I have everywhere of fucking books to the fucking okay, you the Leatherface Mask. So, that's right. I like my books in piles. But, you know, the autograph wall, like everything, I was glad that you love the ghoul because, like I said, it's, it's been a long time coming to get this place to where I want it to be. Like, you know, just a real fucking horror museum for people. Everybody seems to be happy with it. I was glad that you were. And the company was well worth it. So it was very cool. Thank you for visiting. Thank you for the gifts. So it was very cool, unexpected, after a week in the fucking hospital. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, like I said, I do have some horror news before we get into the movie for tonight. Um, 
one of the first things I wanted to talk about is that the original novelization of 1978's Halloween by Curtis Richards, that's going to go for a pretty hefty price if you look for it on eBay or Google or whatever. But it was apparently announced just the other day that they were going to be doing a reprint via Printed in Blood. So they're going to re-release the 1978 novelization by Curtis Richards with all new <clears throat> illustrations. So you get a brand new cover. Oh, cool. You get brand new illustrations on the inside. Um, it'll, they have two different versions. One version has original artwork. The other is kind of a play on the original cover of the ghost wearing the sheet and the pumpkin head. Uh, both copies will run you about 500 uh, No, sorry, 50 bucks. Whoa. Um, <laughs> 50 bucks. So. So, yeah, they'll, they'll run you about $50. Um, but you've got to be careful if you're going to pre-order it because it comes out in January. Um, you've got to watch out for the shipping because that's where they kind of fool you. Because I, I checked it out before because people were like, oh, it's too expensive. I'm not getting the, that book. It's like $100. So when you buy it, if you do the $50 uh, for the book, there is like a $2 handling fee. But then you have to look for the shipping. And if you do, like, four to eight days, it's only, like, an additional six, seven dollars. So people are freaking out over the shipping prices. Like, yeah, that's if you want it, like, right away. It's, like, 25 bucks. So you got to make sure to look at the, um, the shipping costs because I'm going to pre-order it. Um, so, I'm like, yeah, 60 bucks, that's fine. But if you're a real fucking fan out there, if you're a real Halloween fan, you want to get that novelization, you want to get the good shit, there is a $300 option that's limited to 250 <laughs> It comes signed boxed with prints and original art. So if you're that person, God bless you. That ain't me. I'll go for the $50 one because I love the, <laughs> the, the Halloween 45 artwork. Um, the novelization, uh, it, you could find it online now, but the fact that you could actually add it to your collection, I thought was fucking tits. So if you're looking for that, only 50 bucks, a couple bucks for shipping, and it's yours. So love that. Um, so... Speaking about the Halloween universe and also John Carpenter, uh, I think it was the dean that brought up uh, a while ago, maybe like a year ago, that Brian Fuller uh, had been tapped to direct a remake of Christine. And, of course, the, the dean saw it last week on the big screen, so I'm sure we'll talk about it when he's back with us next week. Um, but John Carpenter himself was asked about it recently, and the first question he asked was why. Um, and then I don't know why this is happening, but good luck. But then he kind of elaborated on it. Um, <laughs> and he said, I think Brian Fuller is really talented and a good person to do it. I mean, I don't have a negative feeling about people remaking something, especially 40 years later. Christine could be told in a different way and not be an insult to the original. There's a very short list of untouchable classics that should never be remade. Films where their groundbreakingness or idiosyncrasies is what makes them special. I wouldn't want anybody to remake Citizen Kane or 2001 or Raging Bull. So those are like three of his that should never be remade. I agree, you know, with, with Christine, I think he's right. You know, there's a lot to that book that he didn't put in that movie that I think would be a lot of fun yeah. for the right person. So mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see if they do that with the book versus uh, but, but obviously it's not a lock, but they did say it would be happening at some point. Um, so stay tuned for that, folks. Um, do you guys yeah, know I, about G Fuel? I think Christine would work okay. so well as like a, a show, mm -hmm. you know, a series. Yeah, yeah a little a series. long yeah. thing where you can give us, you know, multiple, you know, multiple things that occur with this vehicle, you know, like like just different lives that it affects mm -hmm. and how it happens and 
you know, there's just so many different ways they could, they could go about it. You know, I, and I know that Dean loves the movie and in my, you know, and there's a part of me too that really enjoys that movie. But, you know, I definitely see where there's just so much more that can be done with it. Oh, there's yeah, one. And, and Brian, yeah. And, ahead, and like you it. said, King, uh, you know, when you yeah. go and read the book and compare it to the movie, it's like there is so much that they just didn't touch. You know, and, mm-hmm. you know, just to echo back mm-hmm. on the ghoul, it's like, you know, even if you just did like a six-part miniseries, you know, limit, limited run and did like mm-hmm. one-hour episodes, it's like – you know, there's so much you could tap into to where you could go into all the parts about the weird ass, like, you know, eerie in between lands, you know, when you're riding around in Christine and you're having those visions of different timelines all blending together and stuff like that, you know, uh, again, stuff that they just didn't even bother to tap Mm -hmm. into in the movie. No, there's a lot to the character that Arnie begins to become possessed by. I mean, in the movie, you see him start to wear, like, the black leather vests, and his attitude kind of changes a little bit, but they don't really tell you why. They're just kind of like, well, I mean, Christine's evil, so now he is. But in the book, they explain why he changes his clothes and why he becomes a different type of person. Um, very interesting stuff. And like the Google said, a series would, would do great. You know, Brian Fuller, he's not a stranger to series. You know, I think he worked on the Hannibal series, so it's not like he's a stranger to TV and all that. So you want to see what kind of a project comes out of Christine and hopefully a series, but you know, could just be a, a one-off movie, but um, still one of those projects that's super, you know, just not talked about. So plus with the strikes going on, not a lot of new shit is, is being kind of put in development. Um, but as I was saying before, uh, are you guys aware of like G fuel, the energy drink that you see in like gas stations and shit like that? <clears throat> they have a lot of funky flavors like for Sonic the Hedgehog and shit. Uh, yeah, I've I mean, I know seen them, about. but I've been wary of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I don't do they just announced it. My heart, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, you, you might have to now. You might not have to. You might just want to get it. But um, G Fuel uh, is releasing an officially licensed Friday the 13th energy drink exclusive to GNC Ooh. stores called Hack and Slash Root Punch. Inspired by the legendary <laughs> Friday the 13th franchise, and featuring artwork of slasher icon Jason Voorhees himself, this chilling combination of grapefruit, lime, orange, lemon, passion fruit, tangerine, and blood orange is formulated to help you get the game-changing energy boost you need to make your escape. Each 16-ounce can contains 140 milligrams of caffeine, along with vitamins, antioxidants, and zero sugar. So I can drink it. Hell yeah. Bring on that zero sugar, baby. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's all the- this, this show not sponsored by G Fuel. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times it's not the caffeine. A lot of times it's not the sugar. It's like when the fucking Four Loco had that, you know, whatever that one chemical was no, in it. That was fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was giving people fucking heart attacks, man. I remember drinking. There's a whole fucking story that goes with Four Loco, man. The watermelon flavor is we were like on a train ride to fucking a concert in New York, you know, a dead show. And, and yeah, you know, we had cho- I, uh, me and the Dean had both chugged down like a can of this shit. And I just remember like just the amount of like overall insane energy that was like just flowing through us between, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the pregame alcohol and everything else that was in that, you know, because this again is prior to them nerfing it, you know, to, to coin the, the video game phrase. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah, like like to the point that like literally like we're sitting there, you know, in the train and we're on our way over and there was like a strap hanger like standing right there. And this is New York City, right? This is the kind of shit that gets you killed. But, like, there I am, mm-hmm. fucking meeting the ghoul. And, like, the strap hanger's there. He's got his arm up and everything. And I'm just like, tickle, tickle. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, oh, shit. It could have went so wrong. And yet, for whatever yeah. reason, it ended up working out. And, fucking, we did not get killed. You know, the, the person yeah. looked at and they, they saw me for the retardation that I was and just kind of laughed about it, and that was that. <laughs> um, so might not be a great idea, but they also plan on releasing more Friday 13th-themed products as well as other slasher-themed products. So, I mean, we could what, see GNC Michael Myers one. Uh, no, G Fuel. G Fuel probably. Oh, okay. GMC is just going to carry it. But... Um, uh, FYE. Well, don't we have the series? Have the cans, don't we have so. the series coming out soon? Yes, uh, next year. They said that it's probably going to make its debut. So <clears throat> oh, I'm not okay. sure if it's a tie-in or just Friday 13th, and they could do it. Um, but yeah, I was saying FYE last year they carried um, Halloween 2 and Creepshow and Child's Play energy drinks, and I had the cans uh, up above my bedroom door of the Halloween 2 and the uh, Child's Play one, the energy booster. Um, they tasted like shit, but the fucking cans are cool. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, well, it's all right. I wish I had the cans. I mean, they they were all cherry red flavored, and it didn't taste like cherry red. It tastes like what people think cherry red tastes like, and that's what you got. In the can. <laughs> like they they took a guess, and they're like, this is probably what it tastes like, right? And like, yeah, just put it in the fucking can. People are gonna buy it. Like that fat fuck over there is in the horror section. Look at him. Look at him go. Just buying fucking cases of it because it's got Michael Myers' mask on it. <laughs> I, it, I, I'm, I'm not good in stores like that. Yeah, I just, I'm not good with my money. <laughs> but um, looks like the next Final Destination movie, Final Destination 6, is going to be happening as soon as this strike comes to a close. But it was announced that Tony Todd has been signed on to reprise the role of William Bloodworth. As you might remember, oh, he's sweet. the coroner that's always talking about death. Um, so not only yeah. has he signed on, the, the film will be about first responders, and it's also going to tell the backstory of William Bloodworth, including a childhood flashback that reveals more of his connection to death. So they're saying when I was sad to see is that he is not death, because I always thought William yeah. Bloodworth is death. But apparently yeah, not, so. ah, kind of broke my heart he, a little bit. <laughs> he still can be. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm, true. He, he might be a living embodiment and representation. Maybe that he goes like, because I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like, I never felt like maybe yeah. he was death itself. I always felt like mm-hmm. he was, you know, associated with it, though. You know, whatever his association yeah. might be, it might be that as a servant. You know what I mean? Like something. But like, he obviously knows more than he's ever letting on when whenever we see him in those movies. Um, so I don't know, oh, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we we always like to see Tony Todd and stuff, so. Always. It makes everything better. Because you don't want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, this is something I was actually talking about with the monkey uh, last time we saw each other. Um, With the writer's strike going on and the actor's strike going on, I mean, how are you going to write scripts? Like, you don't have writers, so how are you going to do it? You've got to make new projects. So, apparently... 
there is going to be a sequel in development for Brightburn. You know, fantastic fucking movie. Uh, wouldn't mind James seeing Gunn. a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic all around. But this particular sequel is going to be written by AI rather than actual writers. Um, so Mark Rao, CEO of H3 Entertainment, explained that incorporating new technologies into our workflow is about enhancing and complementing, not replacing the human touch in filmmaking. Our primary commitment oh, remains with our skilled workforce. We are determined to use technology to assist, not overshadow, the irreplaceable human touch in cinema, like the monkey just said bullshit. <laughs> it's like, listen, guys, we don't fucking need you. We have chat GPT. We have AI. You guys can fucking hold up your signs all you want. We have computers that can do this shit. You know, and I was like, oh, well, I'd actually be kind of interested to see what a fucking AI spits out for Brightburn, too. Like, do they make it fucking watch Brightburn? Do they put it in the fucking hard drive? And they're like, here, computer, here's Brightburn. Watch it and then write a sequel to it. Fucking, I, I, wouldn't, well, mind. I wouldn't mind seeing when it comes out. It, it's, it's not an... <laughs> all right, so it's not like AI, like it's like Terminator. It's not like there's like a, a, a no. robot that's <laughs> going to sit there and watch it. <laughs> They're <laughs> going <laughs> to enter the script to, Bli- to Brightburn into the system. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to probably cull from similar themed things to, you know, kind of work with it from there. I mean, I, you ask me, this is kind of like probably just a cash-in. You know, they probably just want to get something mm-hmm. out. This, is like, you know, this, this whole AI thing is on everybody's mind right now because everybody's got, like, you know, mm-hmm. it was in the news for a while and people are thinking about it and they all have the wrong ideas about it and, like, what it actually does and what it's actually capable of doing. And, you know, there's plenty of people that think it's going to be fucking, you know, Skynet, and it's not. Um, no. And it's also not going to be... It's not going to be writing kids. You know, listen, don't get me wrong. Can kids try to get it to write their fucking their their essays and their college papers and everything? Yes, they can. Now it's up to the professors to be smart enough to be able to see the discrepancies in the writing, which are clearly there, and that is what has been the one thing that's been constantly said by like all of the actual professionals that have looked at this stuff. And they're like, yeah, I mean, if you actually look and read the papers, you're going to see that you're going to get a lot of repetition. You're going to get a lot of repeated words. You're going to get a lot of repeated sentences. And now you know, kids, they're not going to fucking look at the paper that their computer just fucking chat out. They're just going to, oh, hmm. shit. Oh, that was a mistake. Um, kind of fuck. Sorry about that. I'm playing like a D&D thing at the same exact time, and I fucking figured a trap that just lit me and everybody else on oh, fire. Oh, um, okay. okay way what? to go there. Yeah, yeah. you never go for the fucking chest, man. <laughs> well, I did. You know what? It's never happened in that room before. I didn't realize I fucked up that bad. Um, killed the entire party, too. Thanks. So, so, so yeah, like this, this whole chat GPT thing, like, I, I'm interested but I think it's more of a promotional gimmick than anything else. It'll generate some interest. It'll be somewhat of a newsworthy story, but let's see what it actually does and if it actually does put out a script that they're going to be willing to make an actual film off of. That's what I'm interested in seeing. I have a feeling there's some scabs involved here, and I don't mean the kind of cuts that are on our bodies. No, no, we're talking about actual scabs. I'm sure that there are scabs out there that are like, I'll I'll write for you. I fucking do it. I said it weeks ago. 
Like, just invite me over, man. Like, you know, just be like, hey, man, like, we just need help writing this fucking thing. We'll give you some uh, money. You can. Nobody has to know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, yeah, you, you're actually part of the uh, screenwriters guild. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I can still be a scam. They don't uh-huh. have to know. I'll just put a hoodie uh-huh. on. Like, that's not me. <laughs> See, that's that's somebody else. On, uh, on air, bro. You just totally like. Oh, now they're going to come after me. Now the WWE hey, is like, bro. we heard you, motherfucker. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to write that script for that TV show. They asked me to do it. <laughs> but but um, on the flip side, though, it's like I'm surprised James Gunn, like, you know, let this news slip and let it out there. It's like, you know, maybe it's like the ghoul said where, you know, it's just a quick media grab, you know, of just trying to get, you know, some people, maybe some investors in, uh, you know, under this bright burn, too. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, kind of feel disheartened on the flip side because it's like, you know, yeah. I would consider James Gunn, you know, like one of our boys, you know, he, he like, he mm-hmm. knows what we like, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he, he's Mac and able to, the, the, he, <laughs> he also likes money. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, point of, <laughs> you know, is it going to be, you know, cash grab versus, you know, giving us a project we like. I, I don't know. I, I'm mm. I'm feeling torn on this, man. It's like because I like just wasn't feeling like James Gunn would be someone that would go this kind of route. Well, I don't think he's going that route. I think they're just taking his IP and they're like, hey, man, we're just going to throw you a bunch of money and we're going to have the AI write that. And he's like, all right. Because who doesn't fucking like money? Like, fucking, they're backing that money truck up to James Gunn's house and he's like, <laughs> go right ahead, guys. Have fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know. You know. I just, I had enough Going money already, but you guys didn't me anymore. Fuck yeah, dude. You wouldn't? If you had an IP and they're like, hey, man, here's a bunch of money. Can we take it? I'm just, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, do you need my help? Are you, are you good? All right, no. I just, I, I'll be over here counting. There's a lot for me to count here. <laughs> That's what John Carpenter said. He's like, fuck it, man. He's like, I don't care how many Halloween sequels they make. I'm still going to get paid. I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah That's the way yeah, yeah, I think it's cool, you know, when they, like, asked about a con or something, like, a panel, you know, it was like, you know, how do you feel about the Halloween remakes and sequels and all that kind of stuff, and he was like, yeah, you know, a magical thing happens every time they stare want to do a Halloween sequel or a remake. I hold out my hand, and a check appears in it. It is awesome. <laughs> you could just fucking live off of his fucking residuals the rest of his life. <laughs> Like, they had the, the one interview where these people came in to interview him about his, like, legacy and his movies, and they ended up just fucking chain-smoking and playing video games the entire time. Because he didn't feel like talking about his movies and shit like that. So they just fucking chain-smoked with John Carpenter and fucking played video games. And like, here's the greatest interview you've ever had. <laughs> you know, I mean, he can just do what he wants. I mean, he's, he's the last of, like, all the greats, you know, from our 80s and 90s generation, you know, so... Protect him at all costs. <laughs> Make sure he gets, you know keeps making money and never goes away. <laughs> you know he's he's one of the, the last ones. So you know I just hope he, he sticks around for a very long time. But um, uh, before we get into the movie, uh, I had two trailers uh, <clears throat> that I wanted to talk about quick: Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines, and uh, Dream Scenario. Did you guys have a chance to check them out? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> So, yeah, Pet Cemetery uh, Bloodlines is the kind of origin story of Judd Crandall, <clears throat> which tells the story of Timmy Baderman um, and how he came back. So if you saw the movie, if you read the book, you know exactly what's going to happen. 
they just decided to make a movie out of it. Um, and Stephen King, he is approving of it. He said it's fine. He's like, you know, this is a story that I told in the book about Judge Orton's story, and it's worth seeing. So uh, with that said, uh, I'll give it to you, Monkey, first. What do you think about uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines trailer? Ah, pass on that. <laughs> it just looks like a <laughs> You know, it's, uh, it looks like it's fun. It looks like, you know, they're definitely going to give us, you know, some gore on the screen. You know, it'll be fun there. But at the same time, it's like, ah, how many times are you going to fucking milk this IP? You know, it's just let it be. Yeah. J- just, ah, nah. Uh, oh, yeah, it's Sometimes a hard better, better. for me. <laughs> yeah, let <laughs> Ground's gone down <laughs> sour. Just like the IP. Just like the IP, and where the fuck is Judd's accent in the fucking trailer? He was just like, yeah, man, got to go in there, and we got to kill, we got to end it. I'm like, uh, shouldn't he be like, oh, you know, got to go down that route. You know, we got to go over to Timmy Bateman's house and go see what the problem is with Timmy Bateman. He's back from the dead. We got to stop him. Like, I was like, where the fuck is the New England accent, Judd? Like, right out the fucking window. Nope, they're busy <laughs> trying to make him pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What would you think about the Bloodline trailer? Uh, you know, unlike you guys, I'm kind of excited for it. You know, I, uh, I, I surprisingly <laughs> found myself just, uh, like, my, my interest was peaked. Uh, I saw, Nat- you know what it is? I saw Natalie Allen win. And she's so hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And you know <laughs> <Of course>. what? <laughs> she really is. And I'm just like, okay, you know, you already got, you, you already got me hooked. You know, like, because uh, I remember her from the Goldbergs. And I remember her oh, yeah. from uh, The Gifted. And, you know, again, mm-hmm. she's so fucking hot. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, yep, 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 yep. And I'm like, that That right there is already kind of guaranteed like a, a, a tune-in just to at least see, see her. Um, right. But, no, as I watched it, like, you know, I, I get what you're saying, Monkey, but, you know, I don't have a problem with them exploring this IP further. Uh, whether it's Judd Randall's story, whether it's any story that they want to do, Utilizing, you know, this specific location or another location similar to it that is a, a, an old Micmac film burial ground where, where similar events are occurring. Uh, I, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy the book of Pet Cemetery. I enjoy mm-hmm. the ideas that they've explored with the film of Pet Cemetery. I don't know if I can necessarily ever say that, like, I really enjoyed the full experience of either theatrical movie that is Pet Cemetery, and realistically, like I told everybody with the fucking remake, you know, like, and again, no, with the remake, like, as, as much as it was bad, I still do think that had they fucking were able to, had they been smart and kept the fucking secret of it a secret, it probably Absolutely. would have come off a lot fucking better. But, you know, again, I'm not going to keep beating that fucking horse to the ground, you know, because it'll just come back. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think, uh, I think it'll be a good time. Nice. Um, and the other one <clears throat> before we get into the movie is Dream Scenario. It's a new movie starring Nicolas Cage where his character appears in people's dreams. Uh, it does have a little bit of a horror bent on it. It has mostly comedy. Uh, people were saying that this is a nightmare on Elm Street prequel we didn't know we wanted, but what we're going to get. Um, and I just I fucking loved it from start to finish. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Um, I always love Nick Cage. You guys know that. But I thought Dream Scenario is definitely going to be one I'm excited to check out. Uh, Gould, what did you think about Dream Scenario? 
Yeah, you know what? I had no idea what this movie was or anything. Like when you when you mentioned, you know, to check it out for the trailer. Yeah, I'm that thinking, was my point. Oh, okay, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be seeing a you know a horror movie, and uh, yeah, instead I saw a you know an o- older looking Nicolas Cage, and it's an A24 film, which is always they're very hit or miss. You know, it's always going to be artsy. Sometimes it's going to be artsy and it's good. Other times it's going to be artsy and you're going to be like, man, why the fuck am I watching this? Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. But, you know, but again, it, it, it's, it's, this one looks like it's an interesting concept. I, I dug it. I liked, you know, I liked what I was seeing from Nicolas Cage in it, which, you know, I'm always worried about that. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you guys like you know. I know you, King, especially you love the whole Rage Cage thing, and you know I like it, it better yeah. when he like. I like when he acts, and uh, this looks mm-hmm. like it's going sure, to be true. him like actually acting, and uh, and again, yeah. So so yeah, I think this looks very promising. I am looking forward to seeing it in theater. Me too, uh, Monkey. What do you think about the Dream Scenario trailer? Yeah, again, we're we're just talking trailer. Um, you know, has hasn't seen the movie yet or anything like that, but it mm-hmm. looks interesting. It looks like the goal had saying we're going to actually give Cage a role to act. This looks like an odd, like just an odd, weird mix of like comedy slash drama. You know, uh, roll together like you know, kind of like um, you know, j- just uh, like you know. Along, along the vibes of, like, you know, Patch Adams or something like that, you know, of, like, it looks like it could be very endearing, but at the same time, it looks like it could definitely have its moments of fun, too. You know, it's, but it definitely looks like this one is going to be one where, you know, Cage is definitely going to be, you know, having to, you know, pull all the stops out and definitely, you know, use his range for this one. Mm-hmm. It just it just it looks like it's gonna have like I said have comedic elements some horror elements. There is that one shot where he is wearing a glove with knives on the end of it. I was like okay, all right. So now we definitely kind of throw in the Freddy Krueger thing in there, which I did love. But we'll see. Uh, like the Gould said, a twenty four is definitely hit or miss. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's like Jesus Christ, I'm fucking tired and I'm going to sleep. Um, <laughs> but either way, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, that was a dream scenario. And that's why I didn't want to tell you guys anything about it. I was like, I'm just going to send it to them, watch this trailer, not knowing that Nicolas Cage is in it, not knowing that it's going to be a weird one. So I'm, I'm glad that you guys are kind of vibing on it because I am too. Um, but, all right, so uh, tonight it is my film pick of the week. Uh, we are talking about Deadstream from 2022, directed by Joseph and Vanessa Winter. The movie resolves around Sean Ruddy of the Wrath of Sean uh, show, where he just goes on YouTube and does a bunch of crazy stunts, kind of like Jackass. You know, some are kind of risky, you know, risque, some are kind of fun, like the baby Moses one, um, smuggling across the border, telling the cop to go fuck themselves. Um, but apparently his stunt goes wrong, and he is shamed and canceled. And he decides he's finally going to be monetized again, and he's going to do a live stream at an extremely haunted house, get the subscribers back, get the viewers back, get people on his side. But unfortunately, Sean is terrified of ghosts, terrified of pretty much everything. And things start to take a turn for the worse for poor Sean as his viewers watch and comment on. So smash that like button. 
uh, I saw it last year on Shutter. I just I had a great time with it. Like it gave me some Evil Dead Two vibes. I I love Joseph Winter playing uh, Sean Ruddy and just having a great time. You know, in this haunted house, fucking terrified, screaming all the time, reacting to the comments. Like he's trying to do some ghost shit, and they're like, "What happened to that girl?" He's like, "Not now." <laughs> you know, his reacting to all the comments has cracked me up. Um, but with that being said, Ghoul, what did you think about Dead Street? All right, so, you know, obviously it's a king pick. Um, like I told you, when, when I was at the Winchester, I was like, you know, who else is going to mm-hmm. give me picks of, of films that make me want to fucking, you know, hang myself? Uh, so I was like, oh, cool, king pick, yay! <laughs> Um, so, so this, this isn't a nineteen. It's not a nineteen seventies Jallo or some nineteen sixty. No. You know, slow paced No, it's, in, instead, instead, it's something worse. Okay, instead of, of it being art, it's something that I can't stand, which is a fucking YouTuber. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, like I know, again, I go into these. I don't even bother reading the synopsis half the time. So like I just, I, I, I knew from the name, okay. So it has to have something with the internet. So whatever, let's let's go. Let's start this movie up. And sure as shit, we get like YouTube like crawls and this very annoying fucking persona. And I'm like, why does the king hate me? Like the kids in my house, they, <laughs> they know, they know not to like like Zach honestly is at a point where he doesn't even come up to me with videos that are longer than like 30 seconds. It's like, I have like limits with that kind of stuff. Like I won't watch a video on like YouTube or anything like that. If it's longer than like three to five minutes, like once it hits that point, my fucking attention span is done. You better be like the the only thing that I can watch on the internet. That's that long or longer is porn. Um, yep. And I'll see as, as that comes walking in to give me the finger as well. So, so, so like I start up this movie and this, this, this character is who I get introduced to. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this is going to be a long 89 minutes. You know, it's going to be a long, long 89 minutes. But as the movie is just starting, the little monster comes and sits down next to me. So now I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to play a game. You know, I'm going to have a little bit of an experiment. And she's like, what are you watching? Like, is this the movie for the week? And I'm like, nah, I go, it's just some, some YouTube video or whatever. And she even, like, has oh. She goes, really? Like, you don't even, like, like these things. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't know. They told me that I should check it out or whatever. So so she's sitting here watching it thinking that, that this is, like, an actual, like, YouTube-esque thing that is going on. Um, and... It made me realize that, generationally speaking, this movie doesn't speak to me because this isn't what I'm into. But she found herself in point, you know, and she picked up fairly quickly that this wasn't an actual, like, podcast and nothing that was going on was real. And you know, before the halfway point, I did reveal, like, you know, that it's not. She's like, oh, this is all fake. And I was like, yeah, this is a movie for the week. And she's like, I knew it. She's like, it was- like there were things like the way he was filming it and, and certain shots and the way he was talking that just she said did not make sense as far as like that kind of stuff went. But again, watching right. it through her made me enjoy the movie more. 
because, you know, I got a sense that, okay, you know what, she found this entertaining. And as she found it entertaining, I actually ended up finding some of this very funny. And I started to see little things that I did enjoy, like Evil Dead references and, and like, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, so ultimately, I had a lot of fun watching this film. So, King, I went from being like, oh, my God, this is what he's doing to me, to, King, thank you, because I did have fun watching this movie. I was happy when it was over. Well, sure. <laughs> just, as long as you had a little bit of fun, that's all I care about. Uh, Mikey, what did you think about Deadstream? Yeah, this movie, like, uh, when it opens up and we sit there and start to see stuff going on, um, I, I really enjoyed how he does the frame of, you know, the uploading screen and, you know, because I'm actually watching, you know, where I watch it on my computer. So, you know, Mm-hmm. As you know, the screens are going on and all that kind of stuff, and it's looking interactive and all that kind of stuff. You know, they they did a really good job with all of that. You know, of those screens and looking like they were real. So very cool. You know, very much like you know the last episode of She-Hulk, if you will, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the and the you know Disney scroll. But. <laughs> This movie was an hour and a half of a motherfucker's face in your face (laughs) yelling at your fucking face. It's... And... I... I... I honestly did not have the patience for this. Um, While watching this, like, even the diva came in and she was like, what the fuck are you watching? It's annoying as fuck. Well, what the fuck are you doing watching some bitch be a bitch <laughs> this, yeah, this that, long? And that's much. And, and that's all this movie is, is just him crying and screaming. And it's just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a bitch. annoying. It's... It's annoying as fuck. And what's even more annoying is this movie actually has a physical release in fucking Walmart. Yeah. Thank uh, you, Writer's it. Strike. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they actually put it on physical release. Yeah, it's just... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, hey, listen. I, I like it, so that's why I have it. <laughs> yeah. This movie, like, would have been great as, like, a 30-minute short. That that's all we fucking needed was a thirty minute short. This movie didn't deserve to be this fucking long, you know. But of course, it, you know, it starred Joseph Winter and was directed by Joseph Winter and written by Joseph Winter and produced by Joseph Winter, you know, starring Joseph Winter. Yeah, you know, yeah, and edited by yeah, you know, this is all him, you know, doing this project. And he obviously wrote the fucking wiki page because it's a real fucking in depth wiki page. This is obviously. It's <laughs> not by a fan. Yeah, it's just this movie. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. This movie was just grating as shit. was a very, very, very difficult watch. <sighs> Thanks, King. King's Revenge you. Tour. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I said it at the beginning of the year. I used to be like, oh, oh, God, I hope these guys like my pick. I hope they like it. I just, oh, God. Now I'm like, I don't give a fuck. If you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> I'm so going to fucking do the narration. I'm going to have a fucking great time. 
So, I mean, hey, you guys watched it. You put, you know, you got through it. You know, obviously different experiences. Like I said, I just, I, I like going through the third act and we'll talk about it. Just when it goes fucking off the rails for this fucking guy in the fucking house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's the, the whole thing I enjoyed about it. The thing that you hated about it, Monkey, is what I enjoyed is the fact that this guy is so fucking annoying and he's so fucking grating that you just want to kind of see him get killed at a certain point. And you just have to fucking go with it and fucking see him get kind of tortured. So his fucking screaming and him being a bitch and him apologizing at the end, we'll get to, um, it was fun. So anyway, uh, the movie opens with a clip compilation of Internet star Sean Ruddy, a real wuss and star of Wrath of Sean, where he does jackass-like stunts like the human popsicle, smuggled across the border, running from the cops, and the Baby <laughs> Moses Challenge. <laughs> Fuck I'm you sorry. guys. Smuggled <laughs> across the fucking border was hysterical, dude. That was, that yeah, was some was funny fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Run, muchachos. <laughs> yeah, see, those, those I was fucking rolling on. That shit, I was like, okay, right. where are we going with this? That shit, like, I wanted to see more of that shit. Like running from cops yeah. and you get fucking tased and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and the fucking baby Moses challenge where he's fucking swaddled like a baby. <laughs> you got that boy boy rat thing. Oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> um, so we, we find out that it's uh, Halloween and Sean has now become a canceled internet celebrity. Such a disgrace. He even recorded an apology video. And since it's been six months, he's monetized again, so he can fucking do new shit. So for his new challenge, sponsored. <laughs> that's right, he's got a fucking sponsor, Thunder Energy Drink. <laughs> for his new challenge, he's spending one night alone in a haunted house to face his fear of ghosts. The one rule in order to get paid is that if he sees anything strange, he has to investigate. The stream soon begins with the title card in October 2022. A beloved internet personality disappeared in the house near Payson, Utah while broadcasting a live event. A year later, his footage was found. In actuality, it's merch, bitch. <laughs> Buy it online. You can get that fucking T-shirt. <laughs> okay, Constantly yeah, that part I found stuff. funny as shit, because I was like, oh, they're going serious for a second. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, no, got you. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's the merch, bitch. So, um, he, of course, has a tape recorder, which plays music, and that's his Sean Carpenter Halloween score, which, again, I love in this fucking movie, because whenever you hear music, it's his fucking tape recorder playing music. It's his little Walkman. It's not the actual fucking film score. It's his fucking soundtrack. So, it cuts out because he shut it off, or, you know, it works really well, um, for me anyway, and it comes up through the end. But we see the haunted house where he's going to spend the night, Death Manor. We're also shown that in order for Sean to remove any temptation to make an easy exit, he'll remove the spark plugs from his car and throw them right into the fucking woods. <laughs> no temptation. Like, oh, God. <laughs> There's easier ways to do it, Sean. <laughs> he decides to throw the fucking spark plugs, which will come up towards the end. Um, we also get a backstory about the man who built the manor, including details about his co-daughter, Mildred, who killed herself, and her suicide cursed the house, according to legend. Sean also sets up an exterior house cam before making his way inside, showing us that he has a tablet where he can view all the cameras he's going to be setting up. Breaking his way in the death manner, he's immediately scared. He turns on the chat, and the people viewing the stream aren't impressed with Sean or the haunted house. Sean tells the stream that three rooms are going to be monitored, all of which have been actual documented paranormal activity. The first room being the master bedroom, where there are reports of a ghost named the corner man. 
And the chat is still rolling, by the way, and they're talking about fucking things that are unrelated to the challenge. Like his girlfriend, he's like, I don't want to fucking talk about that. We're going to talk about ghosts. So he goes back to the second level where Mildred hung herself. The second floor is the real hot spot for paranormal shit. So in the nursery is where the next camera goes, and that's when we see a video being played by Sean of the 90s where a group of ghost hunters were there investigating. Sean then goes to the last room, and that's going to be the bathroom where death occurred in the bathtub. Sean reaches a room with zero activity that he calls a safe room, and he's going to be setting up his tablet and viewing all the cameras. He also finds a drawing of a hand and blames it immediately for anything that might happen tonight, throwing it on the ground. Probably not a good idea, but he's not full of good ideas. <laughs> he's just full of fucking content. So good thing he has a nice cold thunder energy drink to keep him hydrated. And oh, the chat, yeah. He also introduces us to his wheel of stupid things to do like seance, exorcism, spirit board, EVP, and do nothing. So as we chat with the chat, he lands on seance and decides he'll choose the room as the chat begins talking about things that are happening on the cameras. Because as we find out in this movie, the chat's fucking trying to help him. Like, they are really fucking helpful. They're looking up stuff on Google. They're getting people to send videos to him. So it's not like they're just sitting back. A lot of them are. They're like, go fuck yourself, Sean, you're dead. But a lot of them are like... (laughs) Let's help this guy. Let's get some information. And maybe he needs a, um, maybe he needs the Grayson rub. It's a great wall effect. Um, so Sean moves to another room, and he finds an old clown doll underneath one of the beds, and he tries to summon the spirits of the house, and he's immediately scared by a banging noise and runs like hell back to the safe room. And this is when he decides to take time to piss into a bucket that he brought along, and the chat lights up with seeing a ghost right outside the safe room door. Sean checks his tablet, thinks the ghostly image in the hall camera isn't real, until he plays back the footage and watches it move. And then he's like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Fucking dives underneath the fucking sheet. He's like, oh, God, man, I'm not going out there. I'm not checking it out. And the chat's like, you have to, man. That's fucking part of the challenge. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to lose sponsors. All right, fine. I'm going to fucking go out there. You better send me fucking cute baby panda pictures or dogs wearing clothes or some shit. I need the courage. He, See, just, you're, making this, you're making this sound so much better than the movie actually was. Your enthusiasm behind this and the way you're describing it and how quickly paced it is is so much better than the movie was. Holy shit. <laughs> no, because I like the fucking – I like the movie. So, of course, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be like, well, this happens, this happens, this happens. Like, no, I, I honestly like this fucking movie. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to talk about it in a fun way to make you guys laugh because I like making you guys laugh. So, um, but, I also, but I also think that lends towards, again, the presentation of the film. Yeah. I have a feeling, Monkey, that's similar to me. Like, this just isn't like your, your wheelhouse as far as, like, entertainment mm. goes. Um, and that, of course, is going to, to bring with it a, a, a sense of annoyance at the presentation, like you're not, you and me are not the audience for, let's say, a Jake or Logan Paul. I know I'm not sitting around watching either of those two morons. Videos, no, you know what either. I mean. And like that, hell that's no. That's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff like that. This is kind of reflective of, you know, these guys that are are, are doing their whole like, we're going to show you every single little aspect of our lives, including when like Logan decided to go to the fucking suicide forest and show video, you know, video (laughs) of a dead body, you know, like that, that, that's the kind of stuff that is, is, is just stupid. And, and this guy Mm -hmm. is like representative of that. And 
I think that's just kind of the thing. He's annoying, yeah. and he's annoying on purpose. So when the the king is explaining all of this, it's easier to to digest because it's being explained in a way that's actually making this movie fun because it's a narrative now, as opposed to just being a fucking guy in your face screaming the entire time like a little pansy. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I just love when he screams. That fucking high-pitched squeal. Like, oh, of course you would have a scream like that. Oh, it's it. funny. Um, it is funny. We, we crack oh, yeah. up every fucking time. <laughs> He's just like, yeah! Like, I'm not scared, guys. I'm talking, guys. He's <laughs> talking to the chat. Um, so in the hall, we hear footsteps running, and the door is slowly open, and that's Sean's cue to run back to the safe room. He once again sees the picture of the hand on the floor from earlier, and Sean, of course, fucking stomps on it, causing it to break. That's sure not going to come back later on in the movie. Um, so <laughs> oh, no. As he steps on it, the door to the safe room begins to shake loudly and thud. He had put a dresser up against it to protect himself against ghosts. And that's when the door opens, and a girl runs in, proclaiming her love for Sean. This is Chrissy. Chrissy loves Sean. She's a huge fan. She just wants to stay here and wants to be with Sean during the whole investigation process. He's like, wait, I just, I need a second. Like, I need a second. How did you get here? Like, you just fucking traveled all the way here just because you wanted to say hi? Uh, he's like, by the way, like, I'm out of here, by the way. Like, I'm leaving. Like, I'm, I'm so scared. I'm fucking getting out of here. And then Chrissy's like, well, wait a second. You don't want to leave. I mean, you have the record amount of views going on. This stream is fucking huge. And he's like, well, all right. I'll stay for, I'll, I'll stay. All right. for a little while. I'll she, fucking she, stay. She, she's hot. She, she's got to stay. Hey, where did she get that sweater? She, <laughs> she's super uh-huh, hot. She's yeah. got the jean jacket yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. The scrolls you know, were fun. Uh, the scrolls could be fun at times. So um, she, you know, is basically wanting to stay. Of course, Sean's like, well, I'm supposed to be by myself. The sponsors want me to be by myself. I can't have somebody else. So, of course, he turns it to the chat and turns on the poll about whether or not she can stay. And, of course, it's like massively yes, because they're all like, she's a fucking babe, dude. She's hot. Get her to stay. She's hot. He's like, all right, fine. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sean goes into the main room and he gives Chrissy her own camera and has her walk backwards behind him so that he has eyes in the back of his head. And she does it willingly. And there's a level when he's going down the stairs and she's walking, walking backwards. And he's like, all right, let's go to the master bedroom because that's where the corner man lives. So as they make their way to the room, Chrissy disappears but only for a second. And in the closet of the master bedroom, they find a set of stairs leading to a secret room. They head down and find a chest filled with clothes and a small lockbox, as well as Mildred, Mildred's journal. And that's when Sean sees a dead cat. He's like, oh, my God, dead cat. Ah! And fucking runs all the way back to the main floor. And then he has to, you know, talk to the chat, you know, because they want to see the stupid things to do wheel. Chrissy spins it, but it lands on a line. And Sean's like, well, you have to spin again because it landed on a line. She's like, it was no accident, Sean. And he's like, all right. Break out the fucking Ouija board and some lights, and because we're in a fucking haunted house. So Chrissy and Sean attempt to speak to the children of the house. When it doesn't work, Chrissy tells Sean to repeat some words that are in Latin. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. He's like, I'm not going to say weird things that I don't understand, as anybody would, because if somebody was like, repeat this fucking back to me, I'd be like, I don't know what that fucking means. Like, I don't want a fucking demon to fucking eat me. But, so. <laughs> She real quick lays on the Stupid fucking Stupid white pool. people in horror movies. Okay. <laughs> you know? But Chrissy, of course, is real fucking smooth, and she's like, it's fine, Sean. It's like a peace thing. It's like, you know, peace between the dead and the living, and, like, it's going to be fine. 
just repeat it back and they'll appear. So, of course, I'm thinking, okay, I trust you. I'm not going to second guess this. <clears throat> so he speaks the words, and that's when the motion sensors pick on something happening in the bathroom. Sean immediately does not want to go. He is fucking scared. But that's going to be going against the rules to not investigate everything. Chrissy tells him not to worry, that he won't have to be afraid of anything for very much longer. And, of course, he isn't like, what? No, he just fucking goes on. He's like, get the fuck to the bathroom, Chrissy. I'll stay here and watch you on the fucking monitors. <laughs> you know, and, of course, she does. But then she disappears again. So Sean, while looking for her, can't find her. Chrissy scares him as he's about to enter the bathroom. He gets mad and wants to know how she could disappear so easily. He's like, how the fuck do you disappear so easily? Where the fuck do you keep going? You're a goddamn stalker, all right? You're a fucking stalker, and you need to fucking leave. Because he's going to go back to the safe room where he can Google how to exercise ghost children. And in this moment, Chrissy looks at him with a smile, starts to laugh, and then immediately bites Sean's neck. And, and, oh, my fucking God, I'm being bitten in the neck by Chrissy. He finds a piece of wood and slams it into her fucking neck to get free. He looks down, and there's Chrissy's body laying on the floor with wood So, of course, Sean does what anybody would do. He fucking runs back to the table and says, somebody call the cops. Somebody call the cops. She's dead. She's dead. Somebody call the cops. Like, I fucking did something. And he's like, all right, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go back to the hallway and check. And Chrissy is gone. So not being fucking completely concerned, Chrissy, Chrissy, I'll leave you a first aid kit before I leave. (laughs) That's going to help the fucking went through her fucking neck. She looks fucking pretty dead to me, man. (laughs) He's trying to think of anything he can, but, of course, he hears wood creaking, and he looks up at the ceiling, and it's beginning to dust and crack. So Sean runs and checks the cameras where he sees a woman hanging in the hallway. That's got to be Mildred. So he hides in another room, checks to see what the chat is saying, with many of them telling him to leave, but he can't leave. Mildred's blocking the stairs. And then he's told to watch a video from a 12-year-old kid. And he plays it, and this fucking <laughs> super intelligent kid is like, by the way, Sean, the thing that you broke in the closet, it was called the Hamsa. And the Hamsa was probably left there to keep the evil spirits out, but... Since you broke it, you let them free. He's like, what the fuck? This kid's fucking 12. <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he is just sees the video, and then he knows that he has to leave. But I like what they do here with the camera work, because you can see on the tablet the hanging body by the stairs. But when he lowers the tablet, it's gone. So he mm-hmm. can't see it with his normal eyes, but he can see it on the tablet. And I love the approach, because he's, he's kind of – putting his ass up against the staircase and like, I'm just going to go ahead and slide by and, you know, and try to get by without trying to, you know, bump into Mildred, lowering the, the tablet, lowering it back up. And then finally, as he makes it to the stairs, a now very dead-eyed looking Chrissy attacks him. She manages to choke him out and proceeds to stick one of her clawed long fingers up his nose. Ah. off. <laughs> and, he manages to fight her off and throw her down the stairs, but Chrissy is right back on his back attacking him. He manages to flip her off as she and him tumble down the stairs, and that's when Sean begins to look for any way out of the house. He finds a grate in the floor in the living room and removes it as three drops of blood land on his hand. He touches his nose and pulls out Chrissy's fingernail from his nostril. He screams and suddenly discovers the key that isn't it. I just I love that. You see the blood in the fucking nose and the thing? pulling it out and you just see that fucking long fingernail and oh my god 
Like, anybody would fucking read. Like, I just, I loved it. Like, just, why the fuck is he sticking his fingers up his nose? Like, you know? So, suddenly, Sean hears a noise. And that's when he decides to run up to a boarded window and begin kicking at it, which hurts his leg because it's super boarded up. He's not getting through that. And that's when the chat tells him that he should probably open the box. That's when he opens it and finds an old photo, which reveals that Chrissy is actually Mildred. Oh, my God, what? she's Mildred. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. No way. Because <laughs> that dead eye downstairs is definitely not also Mildred and Chris. You know, but the, um, in the box, he also finds one of her fingers wrapped up, which she immediately throws away. Not going to need this anymore. So nope. Sean is told to go through a window, but he's scared to go back upstairs because of all the ghost shit that's happening. So then he decides to grab a bunch of rope from the floor and sing a ghost. Paul's ass upstairs, despite being scared of being up there. And that's when he begins tying the rope to a bed leg and then around his waist. And that's when he hears a child sobbing underneath a sheet. Suddenly, that shape underneath the sheet <laughs> charges at him, which causes Sean to dart out of the room, forgetting that the rope is tied around his waist, and he's immediately yanked to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It was just, funny. Just seeing this fucking slapstick fall to the floor with the rope tied around his fucking waist. I was like, you know, this if this was an old movie, Bruce Campbell would be perfect. Like, it's fucking Sean Murray. Because <laughs> he could do, you know, the slapstick as well. But um, so Sean pulls the rope off of his waist and runs back to the master bedroom closet. He tells the chat he can't leave and is told that Mildred now owns him. And that's when he watches a video from a professor who tells him that she translated the Latin and that Sean gave his soul to Mildred. And then all of a sudden, there's also two children in the room, and the one child, also very fucking smart, just pops up, and she's like, you know, Sean, all the ghosts were once alive, but Mildred messed with their minds until they say the chant, and that gives them their souls to her. Now that you've said the word, Sean, you might feel like killing yourself, but don't die, Sean. I was like, wow, all these kids are super fucking smart. It's amazing. They're all fucking super intelligent. <laughs> you know, they all know their shit. You know, they're all trying to help out. And in this moment after the video is played, we also find out that Sean was canceled because he apparently put a homeless person in the hospital. And he's also accused of being a racist. I'm not a racist. Oh. I didn't even know the guy was going to be in the hospital. <laughs> not my fault. So after he reads these comments from the chat, Sean soon hears his name being called. Looking down at his crotch, Mildred appears, shouting guilty, before him biting him right on the dick. And just uh, fucking shouting yeah. down right on the fucking... Yeah, big old, big old dead-eyed chomp on the fucking crotch, leaving him to scream and get up and run. And that's when he runs all the way through the open window on the second store in the nursery, and he lands on the ground outside. So Sean decides to look at his leg, I'm not going to look at it. I'm not going to look at it. And he's like, I got it. Because that's, that's like me with any type of fucking injury that I get. I'm like, I'm not going to look at it. Like, I'm just, I'm not. Like, it's fucking probably bad. So I'm just going to sit here, let it hurt for a while, and then take a look at it. And when you take a look at it, you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> that's exactly what happens with Sean. Because when he decides to look down at his leg, he has a nasty gash in it from the fall. Doesn't look like there's any broken bones. It just looks like a nasty uh, cut. So he's okay. He can fucking walk but he's still unsure of where the cops are. So that's when Sean takes out a Q-tip and a very, very, very small bottle of antiseptic to clean the fucking giant wound 
before wrapping it in duct tape. I just, he took the fucking seconds, man. <laughs> I had to give him credit. The fact that he had this little fucking travel-sized bottle of antiseptic, and he's like, that's going to clean the whole fucking room. This little Q-tip <laughs> and fucking little bottle. And then I'm just going to wrap it in duct tape because duct tape is the solution to everything. <laughs> um, of course. So that's when he's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm done with this fucking place. I need to go find the fucking spark plugs. I need to go into the woods, and I need to find out where I threw them. They got to be around here somewhere. And that's when, as he's walking around, he sees this weird fucking ghost creature, and he's like, the fuck? And it just fucking growls at him, and he's like, shit, shit, shit. And that's when he finds the fucking spark plugs. I don't know how he did it, but he fucking did. (laughs) I never would have found them. They would have been gone forever. That was my luck. (laughs) Been eaten by some fucking animal, or they fucking just would have went down a ditch. No, he managed to find both. (laughs) Just start walking. Just start walking. <laughs> yep, that's, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking the fucking long Let's stroll. I'm turning on my soundtrack. And <laughs> yeah. So he finds the spark plugs. He's going to put them back in his car. But that's when a cop shows up and asks him if he's Sean Ruddy. He hugs the cop and he's like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to see you. Oh, my God, I'm so happy to see a human being. He's like, you don't have any idea how much I've wanted to see somebody. But that's when the cop starts growling a little bit, and then the cop disappears. He reappears and tells Sean that he shouldn't hurt people. Then the cop begins growling as his voice changes more, and that's when Sean kicks the cop right in the fucking balls and knocks him out before running away to his car. This is a fucking ghost that gets affected by fucking ball kicks. I love the fact that you can kick a ghost in the fucking balls and it's going to get hurt. (laughs) But even in the afterlife, your fucking balls still hurt. It's great. What a life we have to look forward to when we're dead. That if somebody kicks us Kick in the balls and we're dead, it's still going to fucking hurt. <laughs> so he gets into his car, scared out of his mind. He realizes that he can't see outside. So Sean finds a Slim Jim meat stick laying on the ground. He takes it to a camera and calls it the beef can. So he now has a beef can so he can look outside. He sees the cop's body laying face down, beginning to shake. As he talks to the chat, they found the Hamsa lady for him that created the Hamsa in the house. And he plays a video of an old woman named Hetty who tells him that she created the Hamsa to keep Mildred's evil at bay. But, you know, she appears to Sean because the Hamsa was destroyed. So the guy on the video is like, uh, uh, you know, Grandma, he destroyed the Hamsa. Oh, shit, you're dead. And then, you know, she starts to explain, like, what you can do to create a new house because the guy's like, well, you can create a new house, right? She's like, yes, like, this, this is, like, the step that you need to do. And he's like, come on, fucking tell me already. So he starts to fast-forward the video. So he's fast-forward and gets to the fucking point. And meanwhile, outside, the, go- the cop creature is getting up and moving around. So he gets to the point, and Hetty says that in order to make a counter-vigil, it requires a sacrifice of flesh. So he keeps that in mind for a little while, but, you know, we'll see that it, it comes back, you know, towards the end. So with his car now under attack, Sean reaches for his weapon, potato gun. So he woes it with a bobblehead <laughs> of himself. <laughs> He's immediately grabbed by a creature cop, strangling him around the neck. Sean fires a potato gun, which blows a hole through the chest of creature cop as the body slowly slides down the length of the gun on top of Sean who's, of course, freaking out the entire time, panicking and trying to get away from the fucking body. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and it's sliding down. 
you know, of course, I, Sean manages to get free, grabs his tablet, but it's been shattered. So he retreats back to his car and laments that he doesn't want to be remembered as a douchebag. I, one of my favorite lines from the fucking movie, I don't want to be remembered as a douchebag. so he decides that he's going to leave a note because he doesn't think he's going to survive so he opens up Mildred's journal when a paper falls out which is a poem from Mildred which talks about pond water that he had referred to earlier there's something about pond water and possession so Sean figures that this is how she must be getting followers the only way Sean can stop her is through copy strike Forget the Hamsa. Sean's going to claim Mildred's revenue with that shit. So he decides he's going to fucking use her poem against her and, and get her demonetized. So he decides he's going to kick that soundtrack back on. Sean's ready to demonetize this bitch. So he makes his way back into the house, fighting his way to the safe room, where he retrieves a spare iPad and reads the comments that translate the incantation. While setting up the ritual, while he draws on the floor of a fucking middle finger, which I fucking love, the chalk outline of his middle <laughs> finger, you know, for Mildred, Sean awkwardly apologizes for his stunt involving a homeless man that he paid to fight him. He also apologizes to minorities for his stunt of being smuggled across the border. He then dedicates this stream to all the blacks and Mexicans. This is for you guys. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's the apology video right there. I'm going to dedicate this stream to you guys. <laughs> this is for you. I, I, just, I just fucking loved it. <laughs> I, I guarantee you they're, they're not watching your stream. <laughs> it's a bunch of fucking immature fucking white kids at home fucking having a great time watching you get tortured. Um, so Sean begins to read Mildred's poetry and soon discovers a boy in the nursery. The boy then turns around and a weird creature is attached to his chest, which, of course, scares the shit out of Sean. He flees from the room and slams the door shut, pouring salt on the floor where the door is located so the ghost boy can't follow. Mildred tells Sean to come find him, but he's like, no, you come find me. She's like, no, you come find me. No, you come find me. So as this <laughs> argument reaches a standstill, he looks at his tablet and finds Corner Man. So he's like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get fucking past this guy. I don't give a shit. i got a makeshift spear. So he decides to use the tablet to see where Corner Man is, and eventually he gets past him, and he's like, hell yeah, motherfucker. But, of course, Quarterman grabs his spear, fucking launches it at his fucking leg. Oh! <laughs> immediately flips it around, fucking stabs him in the leg. And then Sean tries to use garlic against Quarterman, but garlic is bullshit against ghosts. Garlic <laughs> is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so after having a confrontation with the Quarterman, uh, Sean's headlight soon begin to go out, so it's just blinking on and off until it eventually goes completely out, and you hear Mildred's voice calling to Sean, and when his light turns back on, his eyes have become complete dead-eye white, and he finds himself in the bathtub filled with murky water, but to him, it's fucking comfortable as shit. He's enjoying himself. It feels nice. He finds an eyeball in the water and decides to chow down on it for some sustenance and protein. Uh, as you do, because he's still under that control. Uh, so, <laughs> so good. he eventually snaps out. Shit, man, it's so nasty. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've seen yeah. YouTube videos of people eating much worse, and I'm like, I don't know how you guys do it. 
like good mythical morning they do that shit all the time like i don't know <laughs> how you guys like nope can't do it i fucking be throwing up just by smelling it but um so after eating the eyeball he gets control of himself and he's like oh shit like i'm still sean i'm still okay but snap right back in the dead eye control and he's dipped under the water after saying the pond water and he's almost being drowned by mildred but sean fights back gains control of himself once again just as a one-eyed bloated body comes out of the water and begins attacking him from the bottom of the tub. So Sean wraps a shower curtain around it and stabs it in the eye with the holy water syringe he'd been carrying. And it's the ultimate revenge, though, because he's like, you know what? Garlic didn't work, but have I seen it all fucking movies? Holy water, fuck! And it explodes all <laughs> over it. Right in his face. And he's got pieces of the fucking weird fucking body all over him, and he just stares at it for a minute. Just stares at it, and then he's like, fuck it. He starts cleaning himself up, as he knows he's got to get this shot. He's like, all right, Mildred, you're fucking dead now. You're fucking dead. He's fucking done with this bullshit. <laughs> so Sean tosses Mildred's book of poetry into the hall, and then he slams the door, checks the camera, sees that there's something going over the book. So he runs out the meat flavor he's got, and then he just goes, watch your hands. Bam, bam, hitting the floor, <laughs> hoping to get her. But... Mildred's on the fucking ceiling, and she drops down and begins attacking him. And that's when Sean grabs the cleaver that he has and slams it right down into her head, which stops her. She falls to the ground, and that's when he takes the time to place a camera onto her head, and he calls this the mill dead cam. So he needs to see where she's going, so he uses that. And I love the fact that when you see the camera angle from her angle, you see the fucking handle of the fucking cleaver sticking out of her head. <laughs> she gets up from the floor and starts trying to find, you know, where, where Sean went. So she eventually reaches the safe room, and when she's looking around, all she finds are his jeans. And that's when Sean jumps out, gotcha, bitch, and he smashes her with a chair, and he finds out that he's only in tidy whities at this point. No shoes, just socks and tidy whities because his pants were used as a trap. So he decides to recite the incantation by taping Mildred to the ground, but, of course, it doesn't really work. She knocks down Sean, and then sticks another finger up his nose and then sprays him in the face with an aerosol can. And then to make matters worse, she waterboards him with his own fucking piss. <laughs> Rips that fucking towel off, makes him fucking gargle his own fucking urine. He's like, oh, no. And fucking gargling his own fucking piss. <laughs> and after this fucking humiliation. Yeah, good. This is now Evil Dead level. You know what I mean? And this is where I am enjoying this. I'm, I'm finding it funny. I'm laughing. I think that, you know, this, this, I, I'm almost to like a, a, a very low degree, almost feeling bad for Sean at this point. <laughs> not quite. Yeah. Not completely. Like I said, the, these people annoy the shit out of me, and I see their videos all the time. But uh, but close, it, it's it's getting there. So so it, it, it is something. And like I said, man, you know we love the Evil Dead movies here, and I oh, think yeah. that uh, mm-hmm. you know I definitely see that that is part of his influence, and that is what I did like from from what I was watching. Oh, it's definitely Bruce Campbell slapstick Evil Dead Two Army of Darkness that level of of humor. And that's what I really appreciate about this, too. That's why I love this movie so much, because it does go that way. And, yeah, like, Sean is, like, a difficult character to kind of get behind because he's so fucking whiny and annoying. 
you know, but you kind of like put yourself in his situation. You kind of like, I, I feel bad, you know, because he just thought it was going to be an easy night of fucking looking for ghosts and just being like, oh, I'm scared. And then going home, getting money, getting paid. But of course, it doesn't work out that way. And fucking evil is real and spirits and ghosts are attacking him. Like there was that one moment where he's in the room talking to Chrissy and he's decided she can stay because after the poll, he's like, here, Chrissy, you could, you could do the wheel. Like he's trying to be nice. <laughs> you know, he's trying to be nice to her, even though he doesn't want her there. But yeah, it's just, it, 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 you, you definitely do feel bad because he gets fucking beat to shit <laughs> in this movie. You know, his eyes completely swollen shut. You know, he's been fucking waterboarded with his own piss. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't take a shit. Because who knows what Mildred would have done with that. <laughs> you know, it would have been probably way worse. Um, so he manages to get free of Mildred as they fall down the stairs. And that's when Sean soon realizes that in order for this to work and make Mildred go away, he has to make a sacrifice of flesh to stop her. So that's when he decides to once again say the incantation out loud, pulls the cleaver out of Mildred's head, and then takes off his own index finger lifting it up to his own face and going, ah, ah, as it fucking squirts blood in his face and squirts down his hand. I was like, absolutely evil dead fucking territory. He didn't cut off his hand. Like Ash, poor old Ash, but he did cut off his own hand. Yeah, I was finger. totally expecting him to go that way, especially the way the camera angle was and all that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we're, we're going there. We're going there, but no, <laughs> not the whole hand. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, not the whole hand. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was going to cut off his middle finger. Because he flips her off, and I was like, oh, he's going to give her the middle finger. He's going to cut that one off. And that's off the what I thought, too. I thought that's where he was going. <laughs> he flips the bird. You know, when he makes the Hamza, it's a middle finger. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed that that was yep. the route that they were going to go. They kind of foreshadowed that that was how they were going to go with it, but they didn't go that way. <laughs> no, definitely thought. It didn't work out. But um, as he cuts off his finger, Mildred is pulled down for an opening in the floor to a pool of blood, and Sean's like, holy shit, I did it. But, of course, it fucking belches up blood into Sean's face. Kind of like the last fucking insult as Mildred goes way back to hell where she came from. And that's when we find out that the stream is coming to an end. Sean hits his own fucking intro theme music that he created, his outro. And he's like, guys, we did it. I survived the night. I just want to thank you all because, guys, without you, I wouldn't have been able to do it. You know, and you see all the chats just going, get the fuck out of there. Leave. Burn the fucking house to the ground. He's like, oh, you guys. <laughs> but, of course, as he's celebrating, it's cut short because then we begin to see the ghosts that have been haunting him all night begin to appear in the living room. So the boy with the creature on his chest, we see the corner man, we see the creature from the tub, we see the cop ghost. We're like, holy shit, they're all starting to come for him. Sean falls to the floor, and he's like, holy shit, i got to get out of here. He makes his way to the front door. As he opens it, another ghost appears screaming at the camera and that's when the stream cuts out saying weak signal and the stream is over and that's the well, that's, that that's that little motherfucker that we saw on the ground when he was looking yes. for yep. the, the uh the what it called the spark plugs the, uh, the spark plugs yes yes, yes, yes. yeah <laughs> that fucking thing was so weird looking man <laughs> like that, that, was, that, was, that it looked was like a weird like, like little dwarf creature like, yeah, but it was, like, twisted, too, so it was, like, mm-hmm. it just didn't look right. Like, it was bizarre, you know? It was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Man, 
But again, like it was those little little things that they kind of threw in there at times, and it was just like, okay, I I I kind of get what you're doing. I kind of get how weird you know, you're being. It was weird and it was it was different, but I liked the fact that, like you said, when you see it in the woods, it's kind of like, is it standing? Is it laying down? Is it sitting? And then you just see it when the door opens, it's like crawling through the door like a snake, as it fucking stares mm-hmm. at the camera, and you're like, oh, okay. But it's like that total Evil Dead ending, like the original Evil Dead, where Sean has defeated the fucking evil, he's free of it, the stream's over, he's going to make his way out, but of course, it's not over, because the ghosts nope. are there, and he's attacked as he opens the door. So it's one of those things where it's possible he survived, you know, and he made it out of that house, but I think it's more likely that he's dead. You know, I think he's, well, no. he's never going to see Sean Ruddy again. See, and I didn't see okay. it that way at all, because remember, she has lived there all these years with those ghosts. He yeah. now, through, the, through the, the thing that he did, you know, he now mm-hmm. has dominance over all of those creatures. That's why they were all coming yep. to him. You know? Oh, so I, okay. Yeah, that's how, that ending, that's how I was taking it, too. Very, you know, like, yeah, we're going to okay. get this, this, this shock ending. We're going to get this, like, hey, in your face type of ending. But I didn't see it as the end of Sean Ruddy. I see it as he can't leave. You know, he cannot leave that house oh, now. Oh, he's trapped. Those souls, okay. Those souls are bound to him. That was the whole purpose of oh. doing that ritual. See, that's fucking awesome because I didn't think of that. I just took it as, like, the straight kind of, like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> you know, the ghost took him. Yeah. You know, and now he's a ghost in that house. Like, he, he's dead and he's in that house. That's why I took it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are probably right. Yeah, because like the ghoul had said when he did the spell, you know, part of the words were, you know, you are now bound to me. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, he he's in charge of them, whether he wants them or not, you know, and who knows, <laughs> if anything, like he could very much still be alive and whatnot. But, you know, I also took it as because of the way ghosts have, you know, you know, in some things, effects on electronics and all that kind of shit. Yeah, it's like, you know, the EMPs totally kill everything that's around. So, yeah, yeah no stream, but he's got some new fans. <laughs> oh, man, he definitely has some new fans. <laughs> has some new ghostly fans. And, you know, and it, it, I mean, and that's another reason why I love this movie, because it is very much an independent movie. It's not done by any major studio. It's by a married couple that wanted to make a movie using sound footage because it's the cheapest way to do it. They were working during the day and filming at night. You know, they were just trying to, to make something fun that people would want to watch. And that's part of the reason why I love it so much, because independent cinema can sometimes be a lot of fucking fun. And there's a lot of good indie horror movies out there, you know, if you're willing to look them out. Like, they actually directed a segment in VHS 99 where these two guys go to interview a cult on the threshold of Y2K. So right before the year 2000, they're interviewing this cult, what, Jericho? And they end up being transported. No, not Jericho. Uh, that's Y2J. Uh, no, I'm talking about Y2J. <laughs> yeah. But they, uh, break those walls they interview down. this cult. Yeah, yeah, break the walls down. So they end up interviewing this cult on, on the eve of Y2K, and they get transported to hell, and they have to navigate their way towards hell to find their way back to reality, and it's fucking great. Like, you would not believe he's like that. It was a low-budget kind of uh, segment. When you see it in VHS 99, you would think that they actually had some fucking money, and they didn't. They just made it work. And I always love when they do that. You know, you take a shoestring, and you make it work, and you make it fun. Um, but either way, that was Deadstream. So that was my pick for this week. Next week, 
Monkey, I believe it is your pick. Uh, what are we talking about this week? Okay, uh, next week. Uh, okay, I don't believe we've covered this on the show. If so, I think it might have been first run before my time. And, like, if this doesn't work, let me know. I've got a backup. But but I think this is, like, borderline comedy slash horror. It's kind of mixed. If you know, So if this pick doesn't fit, just tell me, because I've got a backup just in case. Um, but I want to go 1996, and I want to cover The Frighteners. That fits. We haven't covered Okay, cool. But, yeah, The Frighteners fits horror. I mean, that's a horror comedy. That's well, I don't know. I've never seen it. Jackson, you know, Michael J. Fox, and it's, uh... Oh, shit, you've I... never seen it. Okay, well, that, that's it. <laughs> cool, he's never seen it. So, first time. Okay. So, okay. So, yeah, we won't uh, ruin I, I, anything. No, but I do, th- I do think we did cover this during the first run, but I have zero problem doing this again. Yeah. Absolutely. It was definitely, it had I to have been. Not, yeah. I have not seen the movie since that time, and I would love to revisit yeah. this. Especially with the... All right, uh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was de- yeah, it was definitely not done or done under our new you know format that we've done since 2017. <laughs> you know, it, it definitely is not you know, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the Frighteners is a good choice. It's definitely hard, definitely you know comedy, so it, it works. I mean, they say fantasy horror, I mean, it's it's more horror comedy, but um, yeah, it's all right. So we are going to be talking about the Frighteners next week, which you can find on Peacock. That's where I have it saved. Yes, yes, no, oh, yes. Movie. I was going to say it, it is on Peacock, <laughs> <laughs> and we all have that because of WWE. So we are all covered. <laughs> yeah, right. Dean might Dean might yep. be on his own. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he has Peacock. I'm sure he has somewhere to watch it. No, I wouldn't worry about that. But all right. So next week we go into Peter Jackson's territory with Frighteners from '96. All right, Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? All right, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror Fright Fans and letting us come in your ears. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Go, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Good night, everybody. No. <laughs> hey, everybody. Do my best. Do my best. Bean impression for a whole flat second there. Nah, stay scared, yeah. everybody. Stay scared. And King, it's great having what you. What was the back, question? Buddy. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, thank you. Thank you again, Ghoul, for visiting. Thank you, Monkey, uh, for visiting and keeping my spirits up during this time. It really means a lot. I know that the dean's not here, but hey, I'll thank him too next week because he's there. He's around somewhere, you know. And uh, he's not going to hear me. He's going to say, "What was that? I didn't hear that." So that's fine. So. We'll just have to remind him. You cut out for a second? I didn't hear that. Cut out for a second. Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? What was the question? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Very well, Kate. So, <laughs> we, we joke because we love. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the show. We apologize last week for being out, but unfortunately, you know, in the hospital, guys. What can you do? <laughs> but we are back, and we'll see you back here next week for the Frighteners. That's the monkey's pick. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And we'll see you back here next week. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.